everyone. Welcome to the podcast, What Are You Selling? I'm your host, Jonathan Prunty. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to last time's episode with my good friend, TJ Jones. I know that TJ has been texting me all week how much he appreciated being on the podcast, everything he's learned, as well as all the people that he impacted and affected. So very grateful to all the listeners out there who tuned into the podcast, and I'm happy that I can be an inspiration and share things with you to help your sales career. On today's podcast, I have my good friend Saw Gakia on, and he will be just discussing with us all the different navigation tools he's used to help and promote his career as well as giving us a breakdown of being a new person in sales and how it's helped him learn things that he had never imagined so welcome to the what are you selling podcast my good friend saw hey uh thank you for having me i uh, appreciate you you know taking the time to get me on here and i'm excited to you know share a little bit of the knowledge that i have uh whatever that may be as fresh as it is but uh, I like what you're doing with the podcast, and I'm excited to see what you do with it. First things first, I know that every time we're out somewhere and someone asks your name, we always have to give them a physical <laughs> illustration that it's a saw. <laughs> Walk us through your name and how it came about, because it's so unique and it's such a unique name that you know many people don't understand or know where it's from. So kind of tell us a little bit about where your name came from. Right, so the uh, the name is uh, from Sierra Leone, so west coast of Africa. There, my mom, she's from Sierra Leone, so that's where the uh, the name is influenced. So that name is usually given to the firstborn son traditionally. So it's you know it sounds like you know the tool, right? S A W, but it's actually spelled S A H R. So that's where you know the the confusion comes into play when people haven't met me yet and they've only seen my name. So like, oh, Sar or Sahar or I've even heard Sarah. So that's been interesting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they had the uh, the additional uh, letters there, but. Um, that's where the name comes from. Um, yeah, that that that's the influence. But also to my father, he's Nigerian. But uh, so I have that that West African influence in my uh, in my name. Yeah, I, I get so upset. Not not really upset, but it does make me cringe when someone says, "Is it Sar? Is it Sal? How do you say that?" So I'm glad you were able to give us just a little illustration of your name and where it came from. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been in sales for how long now? Roughly uh, five years as far as medical device sales go. Okay, and then kind of walk us through your background and what you did before, all the way up until where you're at now today. Right, so, you know, born in Illinois, uh, Springfield to be exact, and then raised in Minnesota. So I guess I'm an honorary Minnesotan. Raised there, went to high school there, went to college there, University of Minnesota. Here, you know, go Gophers. Um, (laughs) So I was there. Uh, played sports there, played football specifically, um, so rode the boat as well. Uh, you know, I graduated with a degree in communications with minors in mass, comm, French, and management. You know, originally I graduated in 2013, had a year left of sports. I uh, wanted to go and get my MBA right away. So, you know, I went to the MBA program, talked to them about everything, but they, the main the main obstacle for me was, you know, I didn't have any work experience. So obviously, you know, I'd been playing sports the whole time, blah, blah, blah. So I asked them what I needed to do in order to get into that program. So they said, you know, number one, work experience, and then number two, go and get your MBA or your management minor. So when did that? Well, in my last season of sports, there finished in 2014. Um, so I checked that one off the box, and then I had the uh, the work experience was next. So as soon as I was done 2014, I ended up going to get jobs at, you know, Apple and then Target. So at Apple, I was doing retail sales there, and then uh, at Target, I was doing uh, management there. So I was a group leader managing, you know, anywhere from 
15 up to 30, 40 people, depending on the season and the uh, and their uh, and their distribution center there in their warehouse. So did that, and then you know after about a year of doing those two. I ended up, uh, you know, starting network around and then just seeing, okay, what are other opportunities that are out there? So for me, I like to kind of, you know, continue to find new challenges and new things that can kind of help me advance in my career and, you know, learn new learning experiences. So, you know, started networking, seeing different opportunities. And then I saw I had a chance to get into this medical device company that had a program where they're looking for people that weren't necessarily traditional hires. And luckily I had, you know, a little bit of sales, not, not as much as, you know, maybe some other candidates, but I had a little bit of sales experience. And I also had that leadership experience as well that made me a good fit for the program. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I got into this, uh, into the company and the current position that I'm in right now. So, yeah. And then um, growing up, did you always think you'd be in sales or what did you want to be as you grew up? Right. So, you know, being being uh, of West African descent, right? So a lot of my family members there are in, uh, you know, nursing, so, you know, doctors, you know, engineering, all different kinds of like science or, you know, uh, real technical background. So for me, I was trying to do something a little bit different. I didn't necessarily, you know, sales wasn't exactly a thing for, that I was planning on doing. But also, too, I was trying to duck and dodge medicine for as much as I could. Even though when I was a little kid, I was like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to do all this kind of stuff. But, you know, things change as you grow up. But, uh, yeah, I was trying to duck and dodge medicine. But somehow, some way, I got pulled into it. And originally, you know, my, my thoughts of sales were, you know, you're, you're stereotypical, like, okay, use car salesman, right? Hey, let me try and sell you some snake oil. Let me try and sell you this lemon without you knowing. But, you know, as I started to learn more about, you know, specifically the medical device industry, you know, I started to see, I'm like, oh, this is very different. This is a job where, you know, I feel like I'm doing something, right? Where I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, adding value to, you know, an individual that's, you know, consuming our product. So I get to work with, you know, extremely intelligent, you know, staff, you know, the, the physicians, the, you know, the staff that work along with the physicians. I get to interact with the patients as well because we're an extension of the physician. You know, we're, we're, we're representative of them. So we got to be you know, a good example, you know, continue to be um, a, a positive light um, for that for that uh, institution. So that to me, that's that's great to see when I'm able to directly, you know, be in, involved and be a part of improving somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Can you contribute that to playing sports and being on a team? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's, that's definitely something that uh, that's been a foundation for me as far as, you know, athletics, being a part of a, a team setting, figuring out different dynamics, because not everybody on the team is not going to be the same. Right. You might be working towards a common goal, but at the end of the day, there's going to be different personalities, there's going to be different people that are involved, different influences that you have to navigate and adjust. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that has been drivers for you or, or motivations or even something that's inspired you as you've seen this sales game go for five years? For me, a big motivator for me is, you know, family, but more specifically my mother. Right. So with her, you know, she, she her and my my uh, my grandmother, they were the two that mainly raised me when I was younger. So, you know, my mom. She always wanted to put me through, you know, great schools and everything like that. She worked multiple jobs, you know, the majority of my life uh, to do that. So hard work and the way that she treats people, very, very, uh, you know, very important as far as, you know, treating people with respect, treating people, um, you know, just, just kindly, right? Just positive energy. So for me, that's why I kind of take into, it translates very well, I feel, into sales. So, you know, being a person where, you know, we're going to these different accounts where you got to, you know, you got to act like a guest. You know, you're not you're not the you, it's not your show, right? You're you're here to you know add value and bring service, bring quality service um, to the to these accounts. So that's what I look at, and I, I treat everybody with respect while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, in the current role that you have, it's such a technical job, and you had so much training. 
what can you attribute to the training process that helped you get through? Because not everyone gets through that type of training that you've had. Um, walk us through so our listeners can understand how tough and hard that was, but also how technical the training is and technical the job is that you do now. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, going from uh, basically no medical background whatsoever to then all of a sudden being one of the most, you know, complex you know, business units within our company, <laughs> that's, a, that's a steep learning curve. But with that, um, the important thing was, you know, <clears throat> having that, uh, that, you know, looking inside myself, right, and seeing, okay, what do I need to work on? What do I need to figure out and kind of go from there? Now, obviously, you know, the company has its own formal education process. Like, you, you are basically going back to school. <laughs> like, you, you know, it's like, oh, I want to talk about getting my MBA before, but it's like, no, all that other stuff has to be put on the back burner while you're doing this. So, yeah, a lot of, you know, formal training, informal training, going out and seeing um, observations, things like that. And then from there, you know, it's just a matter of, okay, finding who are people that can be your advocates, right? Who can be, who who can help you learn? You know, who who's had the experience? Who's seen different things? So for me, it's just a matter of just being able to find anybody and every, anything that can help me, you know, add to my knowledge. So, you know, whether it's a person that has a specific, you know, specialty in this this sort of technical expertise or um, some sort of sales background, I was always just trying to find and seek out different individuals and talk through different things with them. So that way I can not only, you know, you know, a lot of people like to memorize things, but not only just to learn, see the material, but to actually understand and have a, a, a deep, a deep thinking in it. I definitely can relate to what you're saying, and I can look back at some of the challenges that I faced and just always remember the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yep. You can appreciate it more, yeah. you know, once you go through these challenges and say, hey, I experienced this, I did this, I overcame it. Yep. And it just teaches you to become a better person in my eyes so that you can also help others so that they don't go through the same thing. Exactly. Which I always try to do, or even myself not make the same mistakes twice. Yeah. But, you know, in this job, we, we've learned so much, and, and obviously we've had challenges and obstacles along the way. In five years, you I can only imagine, based off a lot of the conversations that we've had, mm -hmm. walk me through some of the challenges and obstacles that you've had in your career, in your sales career, and how you overcame them. Right, right. So, you know, the number one piece is being the, the new guy. So the technical aspect, before you can even have a sales conversation, you got to know what you're talking about. As far as the product, is the procedure, um, even just who the staff is within the, the, the institution that you're, the accounts that you're working in. So um, that's number one. So making sure that I'm up to, up to speed technically. And then from there, you know, it's just a matter of just new navigating the team that you're actually working with. So, you know, the sales reps that you have, the clinicals that you have on the team, um, you know, understanding the different dynamics and how everybody works with each other. And then not just how they work with each other, but how they work within the accounts, because there's going to be some individuals that have better or stronger relationships within those accounts. So now you got to figure out, OK, how do I go in here and add value without being a true disruptor? Right. You can mm -hmm. be a disruptor in different ways. You can be a disruptor in a negative way. You can be a disruptor in a positive way. I try to aim and be a, a disruptor in a positive way by bringing and adding value to something that, you know, wasn't necessarily shine light was shine, shined on. Absolutely. So. You know, that's how I always kind of approach things. Okay, it's like, okay, this is what everybody's doing. This is what, you know, this is where I can see myself helping and adding value to it. How do I go from there? So um, so with that, within my five years, I mean, I've been exposed to so many different territories and different reps and how they do different things. So for me, that's been very, um, very instrumental as far as my development. 
um, within the company. I mean, in five years, I've seen so many different things where, you know, I've, I've been in massive territories where, you know, it's it's mainly uh, our company's product that's being used, high market share, you know, that the, the people love us, right, as far as everything that we're doing in there. And then, you know, I transfer over to a more, you know, academic setting where you have to compete a little bit more. You're playing a little bit more chess, right? You have these other companies that are coming out with different clinical studies. They want to push on the physicians. There's different motivators for the physicians. You know, they want to get their names out there. They want to, you know, um, get that notoriety for some of the work that they're doing. It's all cutting edge stuff. Um, so that, that whole dynamic is very different as well because you go from being the one that's, you know, the top dog, the number one, to now, okay, now you got, now you, and then you have to step your game up even more technically there because these physicians are going to try and do different things. They're going to, you know, they're going to be, you know, once again, they're going to be thought leaders. So you got to be, you got to be right on par with them, especially too, if you're going to get your name tied with them with mm-hmm. some of the studies that they're doing, you know, after that, then, then from there, it's just continue to develop in, in myself as well. Cause we have new products that are always going to be coming out. You know, right now we have a whole portfolio that's coming out right now. So you have to continue to learn that. So you're always, 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 Gonna just be studying, so that's another thing too. So not it's one thing to have a foundation, and just be you know have your your basic knowledge, but you have to always be hungry to learn and continue to do that because things are gonna be ever changing. So, um, but yeah, those are some of the the main obstacles there. Um, you know, with the technical piece, navigating the teams, and also to navigating the accounts and how you can add value to them. Mm-hmm. And and for you, just break down what you do specifically for your brand and some of the routines that make Saw who he is. Yeah, so a big thing for me, you know, when I go into an account, or even not even just an account, but even just the teams in general, you know, I like to be an individual. You know, whenever I work with somebody, I want somebody to say, hey, Saul was a great person to work with. This is an individual that, you know, he added value, and he was a person that was, you know, he's just fun to work with, and, and he knew what he was talking about. So for me, it's like I understand that I'm a bigger individual when I come into a room and I kind of stand out a little bit. So my word kind of, uh, you know, people will remember it a little bit easier. So when I when I have a conversation or talk to, you know, whether it's a customer or a person on my team, I want to make sure whatever I say is, you know, is, is legitimate. I want to make sure that I come across as a person that's just, you know, clear communicator. You know, a person that's, you know, easygoing and understanding uh, as well, because I try and seek to understand because everybody has their, you know, at the end of the day. People don't just make a decision just to just to make it. There's other things that influence that decision. So I try and understand, you know, where a person is coming from and what makes them tick before I commit to an action or something. So with that, you know, I understand where an individual is coming from, what their background is, you know, little simple things like that. And then I use that to kind of influence um, influence some of the actions or the ways that I kind of navigate a situation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's extremely tough to do. Right. Not everybody can walk in and learn to do what's right or even understand the dynamic of the situation with what we see. Right. For me, I've always been the type to try to learn and grasp and get new knowledge and even learn about myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though in the latter end of my sales journey, I've become more to ask questions yep. or ask the right questions. Exactly. It's a difference between asking questions, just to ask questions, mm-hmm. or asking the right questions. Right. For example, I learned early in my career, you know, switching the question up from, did you have a good weekend? Right. Yes, I had a good weekend. Right. Okay, well, 
let's change that to what did you do over the weekend? Right, exactly. Why did you have a? Did you do anything fun, or, mm-hmm. or did you just rest and relax? Right. Well, how was that? You know, I've been trying to rest and relax. What are some different techniques that you have? Exactly. And just by asking the right question, you're able to prolong the conversation mm-hmm. with other people that normally wouldn't you wouldn't talk to. Right. But that also builds relationships. Exactly. For you, rapport. how have you built solid relationships? Because you've been in. How many different territories Oof. have you worked with? So when, I was, so when I was in Minnesota, I mean, I was going through my training and everything while I was there. But all while I was doing that, while I was, you know, learning, I was doing observations in different territories as well. Mm-hmm. So up there alone, I mean, I was working in probably like three, four different territories. And I was even going out all the way as far as, you know, uh, North Dakota and then uh, Wisconsin as well. Wow. So different dynamics there. And then once I came down, um, you know, to Chicago, you know, working in the downtown area and then also you know, going out to some of the, you know, the, the suburb, suburban areas as well, the western burbs. And then now I'm, I'm with Northwest Indiana. So, I mean, as far as all the territories and, and places that I've gone to, I've, I've seen a lot. And uh, the biggest thing there is just, you know, once again, you go back to, you know, what I was talking about with my mother as far as, like, respect and, you know, being, you know, treating things like, a, like as a guest, right? Because mm-hmm. every account that, that I go into, you know, I'm, I'm usually the new guy. So, right. so for me, it's like I can't go in there with a big head and just be act like I know it all because I don't. That's right. just that's just it. At the end of the day, you just got to put your ego to the side and just realize, okay, let me be realistic. This is what's going on. I'm the new guy here. How can I? Who can I talk to? Or how can I? You know, find a way to kind of add something here. And that's a great approach. Not many people can even say that or even have the mental capacity to think that. You know, looking back at some of the people that I've come across or interacted with that are new sales reps, they think they have to come in and just sell, sell, sell mm-hmm. or mouth vomit. Right. right? It's a or, different type of sale. It's man. a different type of sale. <laughs> and the more you understand um, the dynamics of the people around you, yeah. the more you can tailor your approach with whatever you're trying to sell or even getting the right answers that you would need. Exactly. You can sell a product, but I know even on the podcast that I had earlier, which I'm so grateful for Dr. Dougal. Yeah. You can have a product, but it can be completely different from what the pain points of what the customer uses. Right. So you're just spinning your wheels. Exactly. To try to sell something that this guy doesn't even need. Right. Um, For you, how important has it been to believe in the products that you've been selling for five years? It's huge because you're not going to. If you don't believe in the product, it's going to be hard for you to, to give a convincing message, right? Absolutely. And, and so, I mean, it's like if you're trying to sell, you know, a, a product that's, you know, garbage, quite frankly, then it's going to be harder for you to kind of believe in that. Um, when you have a, a quality, you know, a quality piece of equipment or a tool or something that you know can benefit a patient or benefit, you know, the customer's practice, oh, man, that's just, that just makes it that much easier. At the end of the day, you have to kind of still take, you know, scale it back. You're like, okay. What am I doing, right? I'm in sales, sure, but what kind of sales am I in? Medical, right? So the whole idea is that we're going to be here helping out patients. So now that's that's where it goes back to that technical expertise, right? Understanding your product and what it does. Then you have that conversation with the customer, what he's looking for for his, for his patients. Okay, how am I trying to help my patients? Okay, he presents his idea, he presents his, his, his pain point or his, his, his issue, and then from there, okay, with the technical expertise that I have, oh, I got the perfect product for you. This is how it works, X, Y, and Z. So, you know, going back to talking about the word vomit, it's like, no, you can't have that because you're going to be trying to present solutions to problems that aren't even there. 
So that's where you, you, you have your ears open to what the, the customer is looking for. And then from there, you can tailor what product specifically that you can give to them. And, and then it looks like you're being legitimate and not even looks like you are being legitimate and genuine. You're not just giving like, oh, use this product because you think it's great. Mm-hmm. No, this is something that will specifically help out your patient and help build your practice and make them feel better. The way I even look at selling and products that I sell is I ask myself one question. If I was a patient that's sitting on the table, would I want this implanted in me? Or right. would I want to have this product that I'm selling? 100%. And for me, the the answer to that question is absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. For me, I could never go with something that I don't believe in. Or for me, it's, it's not existent into my beliefs and, and what I interact with and see every day. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, we, we come across these hospitals and contracting yeah. and from a financial piece, <laughs> they're asking for all these discounts. And, right. you know, sometimes we walk into a meeting and they say, you know, we want to use the cheapest products. And I start thinking to myself, mm-hmm. well, imagine if you were on the table and you needed a procedure done. Right. Are you going to go and want the cheapest product? You want the Pinto? <laughs> or do you want the best products that's going to serve the purpose of right. the need that needs to be met? And, you know, just because it's cheap, and I understand you right. have to cut costs and yep. budgets and, you you know. You Every account's different financially. Exactly. exactly. I understand that. But you got to put yourself into the mindset of, one, the patient, right. two, the hospital, and three, the other person on the end of the table that right. you're speaking with. And. Just because it's cheaper doesn't always mean it's better. Right. You got to think about quality too, right? Exactly. Because you put in a cheaper product, well, you're going to have to take it out sooner or you're going to have to switch it out like you know what's going on. So if you put something that's quality, you got to start thinking long term then. Is it going to cost me more money long term to put in this little cheap product or is it something where it's like, okay, I do a one and done or a couple times and done where long term I know this is going to cost me, it's going to save me this X amount of dollars or this can be that much more of a patient benefit down the road. Right. Right, right, exactly. You can never put a price tag on a patient benefiting from something that they needed. Exactly, yeah. Right? Because at the end of the day, life is the best thing that we have, right? <laughs> right. And time is the worst thing we have because we don't have much of it. <laughs> right. So if I can kind of manipulate those backwards and give myself <laughs> more time... You know, the money is not doesn't even matter. Hey, let me know when you let me know when you do that. Exactly. (laughs) That's my next million dollar, billion dollar idea. Um, But, you know, I I see that in the things that that you and I have learned. And and it's so funny just to give an illustration of how we met, you know, it was five years ago and we both were training at the same time. And, you know, I looked over and I said, who is this guy? And you looked over and said, who is this guy? And then, you know, we started having the conversation. And we just ended up training and picking each other's brains. And I'm asking you questions and you're asking me questions. And it just became just this 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 friendship and Mm -hmm. this good relationship that we can learn from. And it's equally valuable for me as it has been for you. And I've enjoyed just learning about your career and and picking ideas from you. And just because you have a different perspective. Right. Right. You've looked at things. And it's so funny. I'll call you and say, hey, I'm dealing with this now. Um, what 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 do you think? And I'm maybe thinking exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> and you completely altered my thought process <laughs> with 
maybe if you look at it from their standpoint or look right. at it from this way, then it may be different. Mm-hmm. So walk me through how you've had, you know, how you've been able to be so calm and collect in every situation. <laughs> yeah, you hyped me up over there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, the, way I, uh, the way I approach things is just I'm a very, very, very even keel kind of just chill dude. That's just the way I kind of just operate. Because um, usually the way I see is, you know, I try and be, I try to move not, I don't try and move off of uh, emotion. Absolutely. Because a lot of people, Terrible idea. there's some people that do that and they let their emotions get the best of them. And then when that happens, you know, you start to make these rash decisions and it's just not good. Right. So for me, I always like to kind of take a step back, assess the situation, see what's going on. I try and be logical about things. And, um, and you know, I like to be very empathetic as far as different people's situations. You know, going back to before, I'm talking about, okay. People don't just make a decision just to make it most of the time. There's something that's motivating or there's something that's kind of pushing, you know, pushing their their, their motive. Um, so for me, it's like I always kind of keep that in the back of my mind. I always think about, okay, where is this person coming from? I always try and have that empathy just at the forefront of my mind. And from there, it's just, okay, then I kind of just, you know, do that dance. You kind of freestyle from there. You know, somebody throws something at you, okay, you adjust, you catch it or whatever. It's just like sports too, right? Things are always changing with on, on the whether it's the basketball court, whether it's the football field, whether it's even on the track, right? Things are always adjusting and changing. You just got to be ready for whatever. So for me, I think, you know, that, that, that calmness comes from, you know, kind of just like a, having that confidence that I know that whatever's going to come at me, I, I'm going to be able to handle it. You know, and that's, that also helps too. You know, even though I'm only five years in, but just the previous experiences that I've had, you know, not just within this company, but in other companies, and then also too just in life. So, you know, combine all those, and this is the the package that you get, where you have a you know a person like myself that is you know fairly calm in you know majority of situations. Mm-hmm. And I I look at some of the situations that I've had to deal with, and and just you made a great point. It's just. I never react off emotion. Right. And I learned that so long ago. Growing up on the south side of Chicago, you know, you have to put your head down. You just yeah. have to go through life and whatever comes and happens, yeah. it's going to happen. Exactly. So my mom, just she taught me just, hey, number one, never be a follower. Yeah. Right. And all, number two, never act off emotion mm-hmm. or, or let people see your emotional side. And I know it's okay to have an emotional side. And right. yes, I'm empathetic and can have emotion. Right. But I don't bring that into making decisions and, and my work. Just, right. Just like you said, if things go bad during a procedure right. or during a sales call, hey, let's take a second to regroup. Right. Let's rethink the decisions or let's calm down and relax and take a deep breath yep. and let's make the best decision to recalibrate exactly mm-hmm. and it, it's been so fortunate to me to e- also have that even kill kind of spirit mm-hmm. you know not get too up not get too down right but i also can contribute a lot of it to faith yeah right? I, i'm not a big proponent or pusher of anything mm-hmm. but i think having that faith and belief at the end of the tunnel, there is a light. Right. Right. Yep. At the end of the tunnel, it's going to be a light there. Right. You just have to believe it. Exactly. And have to have the faith that it'll exactly. be Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's been fun to even record this podcast because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're, we're sitting here talking and thinking about <laughs> all the different stories and ways, you know, we've been challenged, but also exactly. had an even kill spirit. Yep. Yep. Earlier, you mentioned, you know, your mom and yep. how important your family is. Yep. 
how how much has your family helped you in learning how to navigate sales as well as your career? Right. So, you know, with that, I, I always kind of like to, uh, my mom, she's funny. So, <laughs> you know, she's worked in all kinds of different, you know, she's, she's a nurse as well. Or she's not as well, but she is a nurse. But, you know, with her, she's been all different types of units within the hospital. So she has this different experience. You know, when I was younger, her and I weren't sitting there talking about like, hey, so what did you do in the ICU today? So our conversations <laughs> are more so like, this is why I saw in the ICU. You better not be doing this. <laughs> <You> know, so <laughs> she was more coming from a worried mother's uh, mother's perspective. But now that I'm in in the medical industry and I'm, I'm more involved involved in it, you know, we, we kind of have more conversations about, you know, whether it's physician specific or you know medicine specific just talking about these different things and you know I kind of bounce back ideas from her and then she's also understanding as well she's like oh relax you're fine I've worked with doctors like this before you know this is how you gotta approach them so you know it, it, she's so funny because <laughs> you know she has a little accent and everything but she's a small you know she's a smaller woman but you know she's powerful when she speaks right mm-hmm. it may Absolutely. not be the loudest but it's very like it's very just like it's calm it's just even that's where I get that that spirit from so from her uh, and you know just having those conversations like oh, okay all right and, you know i feel like i'm good because then I, I understand all right i'm not i'm not i'm not crazy here she's seen this before too and she's not even selling anything mm-hmm. you know technically she's trying to selling herself to make sure these physicians trust her with their patients but at the same time she's a good uh sounding board with that mm-hmm. now other than your mom is there anyone else that inspires you or, or that you look up to or that you kind of follow for sure yeah i mean you know the people that you surround yourself with right so you know, like you, for example, you're an individual that's, you know, doing great things with within our company, not just within our company, but just in life in general. So, you know, I'm very appreciative of our relationship, you know, having having those different things. Where we're kind of just you know able to have a dialogue, not just with work, but also just about life in general. Um, you know, I have my other friends, you know, shout out to my guy, Victor, you know, all those guys, Kendall, all those all those individuals, a bunch of my friends are just doing these different things. And, you know, they kind of inspire me and make me look at things differently as well, you know whether it's in the food industry, whether it's in the teaching sector, you know, whether it's in the financial sector, I have all kinds of people I like to surround myself with and, and, and learn from. So as far as one specific motivator, yes, it's mainly my family and my mother. But for me, you know, it's, it's, it's the relationships, the close relationships that I have in my circle that, you know, push me and motivate me to get better. Because for me, it's like, you know, just like in life, I look at everything as a learning opportunity and something that I can try and add value to myself and learn from others, you know, learn from others' mistakes, right? Or learn from others', um, you know, successes and try and add that into my life. So that way I can not only, like, you know, make my life better, but then also, too, the other individuals that are around me and help bring them up and show them different things that I've seen in life. So as far as motivators, yes, I have one specific one, but, you know, then it's just from there, it's just, okay, my close friend group that I have and, you know, who I can use to kind of help and, you know, help me expand my worldview and see different things and that's awesome you know just looking back and thinking about what you say with the groups around you what are some of the characteristics that stand out that make you all get along well as well as make sales reps successful what are some of those characteristics right so you know the complimentary pieces you know i'm i'm the i'm the calm one right i guess within in the group so i like to be the cool confident one just kind of just chilling you have your your fiery guys but um, then you have your, your more of your kind of just more quiet, intro, you know, introverted kind of just, you know, more the strong, silent type individuals. But the common, I say, trait is just that drive, right? You have that drive. You have people that want better for them, not only themselves, but for the people that are around them. So true. You know, so 
they're, they're, they're self-motivated and they're driven. They want to do better things, not just for themselves, but, you know, for the communities. There's people that, you know, they want to, you know, take care of their family and do things like that. But then also, too, you have people that are from different parts of the world or different parts of the, the country that want to go back and give back to their, you know, to their communities or respective communities. So for me, it's just like that common drive, that common, you know, wanting to be better, wanting to, you know, just just add value just in general. So that to me is important. I just I just want to, like, you know, leave people with a good feeling. And a lot of my friends, they want to do that as well. They want to, you know, they want to advance and be great, you know, in their career aspect, but then also too tying that over into their community and being able to help out. Yeah, that's that's kind of the name of the game mm-hmm. at this stage in our career. Yeah, I think it's very important to help others and teach others so that you know the I feel as though if you do that you are making a small percentage in helping the world become a better place. Right. Right. And the more people do that, we can make the world, you know, it's kind of what we make of it. Right. Right. Uh, if you're helping others and, and doing everything you can to make a positive impact, then I believe only good can come from that. hundred percent. And, and with you, you know, um, just some of the experience that you've shared, you know, what you've navigated throughout your career, what is something you would teach the next generation of salespeople to learn or to do to make themselves stand out in their career? Right. So I think the main thing is, uh, you know, just always wanting to learn. That is, that to me has been just a hundred percent, just, you know, I can contribute that to just the, the, you know, the successes that I've had in my career and also too, just my advances in my career, you know, as far as development wise. Um, because if you don't want to learn, then, I mean, you're just going to be stuck at where you're at. If you're not constantly challenging yourself, constantly trying to find new ways to kind of just develop and, you know, expand your skill set, then you're just going to kind of stay where you're at. That's a big thing, I'd say, for individuals that want to, you know, whether it's sales or whether it's, you know, you know, financial, whatever they want to go and do. I'd say just being willing to learn and then also too, just, you know, be wanting to expand your worldview and treating people with respect at the end of the day and just just having an understanding for individuals. Because, you know, when you do that, you know, what they say manners will get you farther than, you know, or, or being polite will get you farther than, you know, just your regular skills will be. I am probably messed up that quote. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you treat people, you know, right and you give them a good feeling, they're going to want to work with you a little bit more. You know what I mean? And if, you, and if you're genuine about your, your feeling and not just putting on, like, some facade, you know, if you're genuine about your feelings and genuine about, you know, your conversation and the relationships that you're developing, that, that to me, will take you a, a, a lot farther than just, you know, trying to fake it till you make it. Right. Of so course. Um, of that's, course. That's, that's, that's a big thing for me. So just, you know, it's just the way that you carry yourself, the way that you, you know, your interactions with people, trying to give them a, a positive feeling, you know, when you're walking into a room saying, hello, hey, this is my, I'm Saw. You know, nice to meet you. How's your day going? You know, things like that. Kind of reading the room that way. But then also, too, just having that drive to, you know, to want to learn more, being hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those are two two keys, I'd say, um, with that, that for the younger generation coming up, just being wanting, wanting to learn. And then also, too, just treating people just the way you want to be treated at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and that's spot on. I couldn't agree with you more. It's so funny that, you know, you say that and you make those that comment because... I think about the world we live in and the life that we have yep. and I contribute that a lot to caring about other people. Yeah. And I think about a lot of people they just don't care about anyone else besides themselves. And I, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It is what it is. Right. 
But I, I feel as though you get more out of life and you truly reach your potential when you care about other people. Right. And it was so funny. I was in a case yesterday and one of the nurses and scrub techs was asking because I, I usually go in and I make a couple jokes. Right. I'm laughing. I'm joking. And she says, Jonathan, are you always in a good mood? Are you always fun and laughing? Mm-hmm. And, and because that's the nature that they always see me in. Yeah. And I said, I, absolutely. Yeah. There, there's no time for negativity or being angry or upset because right. whatever's going to happen is just going to pass. Right, right. So there's no point in wasting and spending my time on mm-hmm. negativity or being upset when I can choose my own destiny right. and be happy. You just pivot. With whatever situation that comes. Now, exactly. I'm not saying I don't have emotion or I'm right. not angry or upset at times because right. I'm human. Yeah. Right? It's natural. Everybody has bad days. You just got to try and make sure you have more good than bad. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm the creator of my own destiny. Exactly. You choose the mood with how you want to have and the mood that you want to be right. in. Right. Um, and that's just that's just, you know, my final take on this is just I try to even tomorrow, even the next day or next week, try to just care for somebody other than yourself, whoever right. that may be. And I guarantee you you'll get a lot of fulfillment and a lot of pleasure out of caring for someone else other than yourself you know try having the conversation to get to know somebody right it'll take you a long way and and you'll be fascinated with what you learn about other people because it's something that you may have never known right and that's why travel is so important at least i you know i tell people it's like you know that's that's the number one thing for me you know you and i we've been on trips and everything you know we've we've had some good ones we've had some good ones um but for me I, i i love travel because it, it, it forces you to expand your worldview. You get exposed to these different cultures that you would never see, like on a daily routine, if you if you just stay in your same city or same state or whatever it may be. I mean, even within the country, you know, you go on different parts of the country. East Coast is way different than the West Coast. South is the South is way different than the, than the North, right? So right. you have those different ways that you can even expand your worldview that way. But I'm a, I'm a big proponent, of tra- pusher of travel because that just forces you to go experience something else, go experience a different culture, and see a different way of life. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's had a huge influence on on me as well. So yeah, we, when we talk about stuff like that, like I get I start to get excited now because I'm like, oh, but you know, obviously with uh, with COVID and everything, you know, travel is a little bit limited. But you know, once things open up again, we definitely got to plan a trip and get that going. Absolutely, we'll have to do a podcast from somewhere nice. <laughs> We're sitting there <laughs> once the all this somewhere. is over. <laughs> Saw, thanks for joining the podcast. We really appreciate you. You gave some amazing advice and, and really helped our listeners as well as myself. So we definitely thank you for coming on the podcast and appreciate you. Appreciate you for having me. Uh, hopefully somebody can get, you know, one jewel. I might be did a little bit of rambling, but hopefully get one jewel out of this whole podcast. But thank you for having me again. I'm very appreciative of, uh, you know, just this platform and then you in our relationship in general. So thank you again. All right, everyone. Thanks a lot for tuning in to the What Are You Selling podcast this week. This has been your host, Jonathan Prunty. If you want to reach out and get in touch with the podcast, you can at info at whatareyousellingpodcast.com. Until next time, thank you for all for joining and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.